Hey, what's happening, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of Rapping with a Reef Bum. I'm your host, Keith Brocklehammer. So, on today's live stream, I welcome back Abe Tarona from Coral Euphoria. What's up, Abe, man? How you doing? Thanks for having me. Hey, man, good. We got, we got a lot of people tuning in. Everybody wants to see what Abe's got to say here, you know? I mean, uh, on our, I, think, I think you hold the record, Abe, in terms of the most viewed Rapping with a Reef Bum in the two-year history of this show. So I don't know what it is about you, man, but uh, obviously people want to tap into your knowledge. So sounds good. Um, so for those of you that don't know Abe, um, he runs CoralEuphoria.com. Uh, the website he uses to sell his high-end and high-quality SPS frags. He also has a very successful YouTube channel with nearly 17,000 subscribers. He doesn't put out a lot of videos, man, but when he does, <laughs> they, get, they get a lot of attention. He also has 25, about 2,500 followers on Instagram. So as many of you know, Abe is a stickhead like me, so it should be another fun discussion. But here are some things that you might not know about Abe. He had a five-year U.S. Navy tour. He was enlisted, and his job was a dental technician. He has a BS in biochemistry, chemistry from the University of California at San Diego, and he has a MD from the Medical College of Virginia with training in internal medicine as a radiologist. He does have a current active medical license in the state of California. Officially, he refers to himself as a semi-retired as, as, as physician since he is currently only doing reefing stuff. So really impressive, Abe. But before we start chatting with Abe, I want to thank the sponsors for the show, both Bulk Reef Supply and Ecotech Marine. Really appreciate these companies supporting the show. And I also appreciate from all you folks that are tuning in, I see there's a lot of people that are uh, finding the stream. And I want to thank uh, all of you for tuning in. And don't forget to hit that like button. We've got uh, a ton of people watching. We've got to get those likes up, folks, so more people can find the stream. And as usual, we welcome your uh, comments in the chat as well as questions. I've got uh, a bunch of questions, but certainly we would like to um, lean on the audience for the questions. And I'll do my best to uh, to keep track of the uh, chat. I'm wear I always wear multiple hats here. Abe. You know, I've got um, I've got the uh, the moderator hat. I'm I'm the technical director here. I uh, try to keep the conversation going with you. So um, yeah. It's um, it's a lot of fun though. I really enjoy it, and I'm I'm looking forward to having you on. So, man, it's been a while. What's going on with the uh, with the with the tanks? Uh, not much. I mean, for the most part, everything is the same. I did change the lights a little bit on the 120 gallon, um, but it's still T5 and LED. I just sort of changed the configuration, but for the most part, it's just old school me just doing the same thing trying trying not to be swayed in another direction by someone's like post or you know feeling inadequate by somebody else's post or their pictures or their colors just trying to stick to what i do do you ever like look at your tanks and like just kind of like look at your tank or you know whatever tanks you got going on there and it's just like man tank looks like crap i gotta do something about that do you ever like have those kind of feelings of like inadequacy in terms of like your reef tanks or I, you know, no. <laughs> I, I, sometimes I look at my tanks, I'm like, man, it's not really where I want it to be. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> not, not really for me. 
All right. Well, I thought you were to, I, I thought you were to agree with me, but uh, maybe I should take that question back. I, I, no, no, no. It's it's just that. Um, and and where I was that. where I was going with that, it's it's kind of like one of those things where this hobby is like it's it's always something that you can do to try to like make things better. There's always like tweaking going on, and um, you know, so the perfectionist in me is um, you know sometimes is not completely satisfied where the tank is at or tanks. I mean, no, it's it's an important topic. I do think it's a slippery slope. I mean, I guess my response was more like, I'm never that disgusted. I mean, are there times that um, my corals don't look quite right to me? Sure. All, I mean, almost all the time. But, um, but yeah, it, it's real easy these days to feel inadequate with all the social media, especially Instagram, and uh, which is why I try to stay off of it. But, yeah, I... It's just important to stay on your game. There, there's no matter what you do, there's always going to be somebody better than you, right? There's always going to be, you know, playing the piano. There's always going to be someone who could play the piano better than you, even though you're great. And just like reefing, someone's always going to appear, appears the keyword there to have better corals, to get better results, better growth. Like, like you, you and your three and a half uh, month growth shots are making me feel a little inadequate <laughs> <laughs> and, and making me wonder, should I start dosing all those bacteria products that you're dosing? But, you know, at the end of the day, I always come back to, you know what, what I do works. And um, I, it's not to say that I don't experiment because I trust me, I understand that like advancing in anything, whether it's in life, you know, entrepreneurship or um, just in general, advancing ourselves as a society and in reefing, you have to experiment a little bit in order to improve, in order to advance. So I kind of mix that mindset with my old school, you know, set mentality of like, this is what it takes to to grow acros and I'm not, and you can't move me off that position at the same time I am open to things. But the things have to make sense, you know. I don't fall for these like pseudoscientific um, sort of explanations that companies put out there. Like a lot of it is like BS to me. So it takes a lot for me to uh, do something different is what I'm trying to say. So, yeah, all right, with your medical background, you being a doctor and all that stuff, how have you applied that to the hobby? I mean, you just sort of like, um, you know, talked about, um, kind of referred to it a little bit there. But, you know, do you uh, lean on that at all? No, not No. That's why I never really mentioned it. That's why I took it off, like, the About Me page on my website. It's like, I don't really think it's relevant. <laughs> um <laughs> Like my friend would say, like, you should put that on there because it kind of gives you credibility. But I, I don't really like to I don't really think that that should give me credibility. I think that, you know, my reef tank, how it looks and how my corals look for better or worse should determine like the weight that somebody puts on the information that I put out. I think that's the overall arching factor because, you know, even when you go on the message boards, you have all these professionals and they have these specialties and they sound very smart. But. Until I see their reef tank, I don't, and it's sad, and I'm sorry, but I don't really put a lot of weight in, on somebody's words, no matter what they say, until I get to see their reef tank. So that's how I kind of want to be judged. But at the same time, you know, I had to get a, well, I, I didn't have to get, but I do have a biochemistry degree, and I would say that I use that more than the actual medical doctor stuff. Uh, but yeah. So, um, you, you mentioned uh, Instagram and, and you also talked about, um, you know, not uh, really, you know, thinking somebody's really credible until you can kind of see pictures of their tank and, and what have you. What what do you think of some of these Instagram tanks on uh, on Instagram? I mean, um, yeah. Oh, I mean, like, dude, like a lot of them are just like awesome. And even though like 
Like, I, I know I do my share of, like, bashing blue light and orange filter type picks because that's, there's a dime a dozen of that on Instagram. Yeah. But I, but being one who, who has, you know, whatever experience in taking pictures and who ventured into taking blue pictures, like, they may be, like, a little overdone or not edited enough to, to take out some of the saturation, but there's truth in all those pictures. You know, you... It, the picture would have to be really freaking um, altered to show colors that aren't really there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe the maybe the yellow is not really that bright yellow. You know what I mean? Yeah. But there is yellow there, so I don't know. It's just the blue light isn't really my thing, but at the same time, um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it is what it is. Are you a, uh, a like a rainbow tenuous kind of guy, or is that just not um, something that I mean? You 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 kind of run your tanks more uh, full spectrum, right? You're you're not uh, you're not going, you know, you're not emphasizing the blue light. So, yeah, yeah. For I guess personally, for me, if if a coral doesn't look good in like balanced spectrum, balanced lighting, I, I wouldn't want it. You know, if it only looked good in blue light, um, I wouldn't want it. The thing is that since I sell frags, though, um, a lot of those blue light special corals, a lot of those rainbow tenuous are actually desirable by a lot of people. But um, and they only look good in blue light. But the thing is that if I didn't sell coral, I probably wouldn't even waste the space in my tank for those things. It has to look good in both. And and that's sort of how much that's kind of the value I put into like pieces if they look good in both lighting. Yeah, I I agree with you. You know, I'm I'm not necessarily a a rainbow tenuous um you know um, person, and um, I wouldn't keep you know because I do keep my tanks in in the full spectrum uh, lighting, just you know like hints of blue. So you're not going to kind of see the uh, for, you know, fluorescence of those pieces in the uh, in the heavy blue light that that you would if you ran that sort of thing. So yeah, it's not personally, it's not something that, um, I gravitate to, but it is since I also sell, um, you know, brags and whatnot, it is something that I, um, you know, do tend to keep just to, to have to, uh, to have, you know, because people like that stuff. So, mm -hmm. but that's, you know, that's kind of like part of the, um, the business that we're in. Yeah. It would be a bad decision to not do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> So uh, we got a question from uh, Unorthodox Reef. Would like to hear Abe talk about perfecting flow, polyp movement, pulse times, and patterns. So you do have a um, uh, a lot of flow in your tanks. Yeah, it's it's hard to talk about flow because you know the bottom line is that flow is important, but it's kind of hard to quantify that. Um, it's not like lighting, you know. Um, and then there's that, and then there's that saying, which I think came out of, you know, Jason Fox said that flow is more important than lighting, which is partially true in my opinion. Um, I like to think about it like this, like it, it's, it's more deep, it's deeper than that. There are like sub components of lighting and there are sub sub components of flow. Like for example, you can have like a multi-directional flow or unidirectional flow. You could have intermittent flow or constant mm -hmm. flow. Or uh, and and you know random and all that. So there are different like aspects of flow. And just like lighting, there's par. That's not the only thing. There's spectrum and there's light spread. So I guess for that statement of like flow, like I would definitely say that um, light spread. You know, having a good light spread is more important than um, random flow. But on the flip side of that, I would say that. Um, like a broad direct flow 
is more important than um, like par. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there are so there are sub sub components of lighting that are more important than some components of flow, and there are some sub components of flow that are more important than sub sub components of lighting. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like to just tell people just try to have your polyps moving on your acropora most of the time, like near 100% of the time, a little bit, like all the polyps, like inside and, you know, on the bottom of the colony as well as at the tips. Um, it's not the easiest thing to do, but generally, um, so being an XR, you can interrupt me. No, man, go, go. <laughs> no, but generally speaking, like uh, being a, as, like an acropora dude, I, I personally, when I buy pumps or try to figure out the flow in my tank, it's all for direct flow. And I'm showing your like, uh, video of the 120-gallon tank right now so people kind of get a look at the uh, the tank and some of the uh, yeah. movement in there. Sorry to interrupt. But uh, No, 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 you're fine. Um, but but um, so, so I guess what I'm trying to say is that, yeah, if you just concentrate on getting the direct flow correct on your Acropora, then that's going to be enough flow for the rest of the tank if you have like a mixed reef. Just make sure those polyps are moving all the time, near nearly all the time. Um, yeah. So in your 120, I think I saw some MP40s, right? And do you also have the uh, the Tunzi wave box, or is that in the 140? Oh, I have wave box in both. Well, a wave box in both okay. ends. Yeah. Um, you know, the wave box is not. Yeah, it's not really necessary. It's just cool to see that. <laughs> to, to, I, I like them though. It probably yeah. I mean, it, its contribution to flow is quite minor. It's just cool. Um, let me uh, interrupt you there, uh, Abe. Um, Paul from Great Bearded Rig, thank you very much, man, for the uh, super chat. Anything I should expect from a wave box? Acquired a box full of goodies recently, trying to match them up for a four foot by two foot frag tank. I mean, uh, it might be loud. I don't know. It's going to be cool once you see that rocking motion. No other pump can uh, duplicate that or effortlessly duplicate that. So, um, yeah, I think you'll love it. Just make sure your tank is strong. It doesn't bust a seam <laughs> from all the rocking. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, that would not be good. Um, so in, in terms of the MP forties, what do you have those, uh, programmed to in terms of the uh, mode? I used to have them all on, um, reef crest. Yeah. But, you know, I, I got some of the newer MP40s, and um, I don't like the reef crest mode that much anymore. It fe I feel like it doesn't stay long enough at max flow. It's just it's just not enough flow. But also, since there's, like, an app and you could do all these different flows at different times, I have a mixture of, like, reef crest and there's, like, tidal thing or something. I don't know. There's just, just a... And then I have, like, eight hours of just, like, full blast. I'm not that... Um, no, MP40s are one of my favorite pumps, but uh, I don't know. I, you know, yeah, I, I play around with that stuff. You know, in my, in my, um, one of my tanks, I've got, you know, the three MP40s set to the um, pulse mode, like every two seconds. And I think I got them pretty much cranked up all the way. But in my Peninsula tank, I've got, um, man, I've got, uh, I got a lot of stuff going on in there. I got um, four MP40s and two MP60s. You know, it's a six foot long, three foot wide Peninsula tank. And um, the MP60s are cranked up to like 85% on the, um, I think I got everything on gyro modes. And, and it's, you know, it's just kind of same thing. You know, I don't, I, I didn't think the pulse mode was, was giving me enough giddy up. And um, 
the full-on like constant mode at 100 was good but it wasn't kind of giving me that wave action that i was looking for so, so yeah. it's um you know it's it's interesting because um I, I can't keep a lot of lps in that tank because i got a lot of flow but i noticed in in your uh in your 120 gallon tank you've got um you got some ghanis in there right was that also the tank with yeah. a torch garden yeah yeah a little torch area um yeah they're getting a ton of flow but they don't seem to mind they're pretty stretched out um i don't know let's yeah. um i'm gonna i'm gonna roll the uh the video of your 140 gallon tank so this tank is lit by um is that lit by the halides and leds is that what i'm saying yeah there are two 250 watt metal halides radiums on ice cap electronic ballasts and then there's like four diy sort of module led modules and then there's one uh reef breeders fixture down the middle between the halides um but i I decided to show you guys like underwater pics just to show you guys something different. I think a lot of people know what my tank looks like with through my videos and I don't know, I just wanted it to be different. But it's not the easiest thing to record underwater. <laughs> it's like I can't even see what I'm recording. That's why it's all messed up, but you know. I you know what? There it I is. think we get the uh, I think we get the picture, man. It's it's like so are, do you still have the, uh, the the corals mounted where you can actually pull them out? Yeah, I do. I do. I don't I don't I can't live without them, man. I don't think I'll ever have a tank without some kind of removable way to remove it. Although it's getting harder to drill rocks nowadays, so. Yeah, for those of you, uh, you folks that don't know, uh, Abe essentially has this uh, system set up. I think we talked about it the last time you were on the live stream, where um, you drill the uh, the rock with like what, what like a quarter inch uh, drill bit, and uh, you've got these acrylic rods, I think, or maybe fiberglass rods that uh, they're they're fiberglass from the, those driveway markers at like the big box hardware stores yeah. and uh you just like epoxy them in there and in terms of attaching the coral to the um to the fiberglass rod and then you just stick them into the hole in the rock right i mean you don't even glue them yep. in yeah totally it's yeah it's to me it's like so essential that you're easily able to sort of you know manicure your reef it's just like any garden you know, you're going to have fast growers and slow growers. You, you just got to get in there and uh, keep stuff under control or it's going to look crazy. I mean, it may like, I know people like that natural look. I see that all the time. People are always talking about, oh, I like it looking natural. And that's cool. That's your thing. But I, I, if I was to lean towards one side, I'd, I'd like my tank more like a Japanese tank where like all the colonies are the same size. I know it doesn't look natural, but I think that that looks pretty cool. Um Something's, something's making noise in my fish tank room here. It's caught my attention. Or maybe it's coming from upstairs, but hopefully I didn't just have a, a seam bust on me. <laughs> oh, dude. No, I doubt yeah. that's what's going on. Um, so um, Bert Minshew is asking, he saw some of the Aptasia in that uh, last video. You could, you trying to do anything about the Aptasia at this point? Or are you just letting it run? Oh, yeah. I've actually, um, yeah, because it's gone out of hand. Yeah, um, yeah, they're coming back because I had Borgia like a year and a half ago or something like that, and they, they totally wiped out the Aptasia in both of my tanks. But since then, they've kind of come back. Um, I guess a couple things is the first thing I did was change the way I feed because I because I do feed heavy, and I used to just just dump in a shitload of food and let them have at it for like fifteen minutes. But now I realize like because I would see Aptasia, when I used to do that. Aptasia would be catching like mice. Oh, really? And I was like feeding, You're feeding, I was feeding your my Aptasia. Aptasia. <laughs> yeah, PE mice. So I was like, oh my God, this is not. 
this is crazy. <laughs> so so now I just put in, I still feed the same amount, but I just put in little bits at a time, making sure the fish eat it before I put in more. Um, but that's that's the main thing. I also put in uh, 50 Bergia back into my system, so hopefully the Aptasia goes away. But there, you know, I did want to talk about, um, yeah, so it's there and it sucks, but I'm going to try to get rid of it. Um, but I did want to talk about, uh, if it's okay, like Aptasia and Hitchhikers and yeah. all that. Because I definitely meet my fair share of, uh, like, reefers who are very particular, very anal about not letting yeah. any Hitchhikers in. I, I totally think that, I mean, yeah, in theory, that's a good idea. But at the same time, don't be so anal about it that you're actually hurting yourself. You know, like today's buzzwords is like biodiversity, and we lack that, right, because of dry rock. But if you're not going to let anything into your tank, you're not going to get that biodiversity that you so crave. You know, so don't talk, don't talk to me about biodiversity while at the same time being like, oh, no, I don't want like little spiral bid worms in my tank. I've never seen like a um, thriving reef tank that looked all sterile yeah right so if you have that in your head you need to get that shit out of your <laughs> head i'm not saying that you need aptasia you should avoid that at, at all costs and um vermited snails yeah those suck too but at the same time like don't get too crazy about it man i don't know just don't I, get too crazy I, i'm, about I'm it. the you know I, I got a similar thought i think that uh, you could just obsess 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 about trying to like keep your tank pest free and it's just not going to happen i mean yeah there's like certain pests that you don't want in a tank like acro eating flatworms and red bugs and black right. bugs and all that right. sort of stuff and 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 you should definitely be diligent about quarantining dipping blah 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 but in terms of aptasia in terms of like different types of algae like bubble algae you know i got like big bubble algae um you know in my peninsula <laughs> tank and uh you know people are like oh why don't you use some vibrant and i think that's what the comments were like a couple of months ago i was like i i'm not this was before like the whole you know shit hit the fan with yeah. with the vibrant I, you know i'm just not gonna like be treating it you know the tank like that with uh, with any chemicals especially when you don't know exactly what's in in the bottle um but yeah i'm, I'm more of an advocate for natural means so yeah you know um trying to get get rid of problems by uh by using good old hard uh, elbow grease and and not obsessing about trying to like keep stuff like that out of there it's just uh, you know, like I said, there's there's certain things, there's certain pests you do not want in there, but you're not gonna like have a clean reef tank, and that yeah, it, it is gonna I think impact the uh, the biodiversity. Um, yeah. You know, speaking of um, pests and whatnot, what um, what kind of uh, quarantine system do you have set up for your um, for your acros? What's what's your process in terms of when you bring in new stuff? What do you put them through? It's so I have a 20 gallon quarantine tank. Well, that's the size of the little display, and there's a 15 gallon sump. It's pretty much the same setup as my um, other reef tanks. You know, it's like Rolfoss skimmer. I used to have a bucket fuge in there, but it wasn't pulling anything out. There's not a lot of nutrients in that tank, so I stopped with that. But yeah, and I have T5s over it. Um, but basically, I leave that tank alone. There's like Aptasia growing all over the place in there, but it's stable. You know, there's like hair algae all over the place. But like, so. I was I kind of wanted to make a video on this because I think it's a good topic. But then again, I was like, um, I'll just say on the side is like there are a lot of I know people are like wondering like why I don't do a lot of videos. But trust me, a lot of stuff goes through my head, and there's a lot of like ideas that I start writing the script for. But like five out of six video ideas that I come up with usually get nixed. I was like, you know what? Forget it. It's stupid. But one of the things that I wanted I was thinking about like making a topic on. Um, like how to receive corals. See, 
part of the reason why I wouldn't make a video about that is because it's not going to get a lot of views. Sorry. I, I disagree I with you, man. Important. I think your, your stuff like gets people's attention. Like, I, I kind of like to think of it like this. Like if you're going to receive coral in the mail or whatever, FedEx or whatever, your mission, if you choose to accept <laughs> it, is to minimize stress as much as possible because they just went across the freaking country you know, their temperature dropped or got a little too high. I mean, it was just, it's a very stressful situation. And uh, yeah, I mean, if you just think about it in terms of minimizing stress, that's how you can maximize the survival of your new frags. Um, but everything is a stress. I know, like, again, going back to hitchhikers, people want to cut the frag off the frag plug. I do think that's a good practice, but I do think that gluing frags back onto something else after they traveled across the country is a bad idea. So what I do is um, I do cut frags off the frag plug unless the coral looks like crap. If the coral looks like crap, I'll just put it in the quarantine tank without dipping. I'll just temperature acclimate and put in the quarantine. That's what a quarantine tank is for is, you know, to be able to, to have that freedom to be able to just throw something in right. there. Um, but normally if the frags look good, I'll cut it off the plug and then I'll dip them in a uh, bio advance or Bayer is the old name. And then I'll inspect them of course, with my little magnifying glass or jeweler's eye loop and then um, I'll put them in the frag tank without gluing them. So I have these little, it's just a little a little cup that I made that I could just literally just put the frag on top of. So it could sit there for like four days. And I'll wait four days, four or five days, and then I'll glue it onto a frag plug. But uh, yeah. But see, that's the great thing about having a quarantine tank is if I get a coral that looks stressed out, then... Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't subject it to dipping. I wouldn't cut it off the frag plug. But someone asked me, um, like, oh, how do you know that a frag is stressed out? I mean, it's kind of like a, a diagnosis that you have to um, figure out. You know it when you see all you, the different information. You know it when you see it, right? Yeah, I mean, you take in the fact, like, if it had an unusual long transit time or if um, the box felt too cold or too warm when you opened it or the polyps are now or you see stuff floating around or you open the bag and it's stinky you know those are all different signs of uh stress i mean you know they're all uh symptoms of stress or suggest that the coral could be stressed but um yeah i mean everyone can't have a quarantine tank and i understand that um, but they are but, yeah, they are just, really simple to set up i mean i also have a 20 gallon quarantine tank and i've got like um a little um ghl mitra's unit on top of that I've got a hang on the back filter. I've got some, you know, live rock in that tank, uh, heater, a, um, a temperature monitor, um, a little nano, uh, skimmer I'm going to be putting on just to kind of like keep the water oxygenated and not really to pull out the, uh, the nu nutrients because I think like you, you mentioned, you, you don't have many nutrients in that, um, quarantine tank. I don't either. So I don't have any fish in that tank either. I just got a couple of, um, you know, turbo snails, but yeah, I think it's it's you know you could probably spend like a few hundred dollars and have a a, a decent quarantine um, tank and and my maintenance with the thing is I just basically do fifty percent water changes every week with the established tank water from one of my uh, other systems and you know that's kind of like it pretty easy. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't take much. Um, if you have multiple tanks, there's no excuse. You need to have a quarantine tank. I can see if you have like one tank in the house, okay, quarantine tank might be much. But if you're like one of these crazy reefers with multiple tanks and you don't have a quarantine tank, then I would say that you're not that serious. 
Yeah. <laughs> or there's something wrong because you need to have a quarantine tank. So how long do you um do you keep your corals, your frags that you bring in, in the quarantine tank and and do you dip them while they're in there like uh on a regular basis? What do you um what's your procedure there? Yeah. I <laughs> I, I don't really see the point in like continue because I, I know people do that. It's like I don't see the point in like just keep dipping it. It's freaking in quarantine already. You don't need to quit dipping it. So I, I'll usually dip it before it goes in there and then I'll dip it when I take it out. Um, but in between, I'm just like, um, you know, inspecting them. If I see something that needs to be dipped, then I'll dip it. But I don't I don't just automatically dip them every so days or whatever. But yeah, I usually keep them in there for two months. But, you know, I'd be lying if I was if I said that the quarantine tank is like an awesome place where everything colors up and grows. Most of the time they do. But sometimes some frags do struggle yeah. in there. So sometimes I'll, I'm forced to take them out a little early if they look like they're struggling. But it's, it's just a call that I have to make. It, 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 it's not it's not a, 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 a an easy process because, you know, you, you bring in some really, really high end frags. So you spent a lot of money on the stuff and you put them in like this two bit. Uh, quarantine tank set up right that doesn't have all the fancy equipment you know you don't have the uh the hundreds of thousands of dollars invested in equipment for this quarantine tank and and things start like getting uh you know not looking so good then um you know it could be one of two things maybe it does have pests or it's just the uh the water parameters are just not um you know ideal for the frag and you gotta but you know i've, I've like had stuff in my quarantine tank that just you know, for like six, seven weeks and then start kind of like look like they're uh, not uh, going to make it. So I pull them out of the quarantine tank and, uh, you know, they'll, they'll rebound. Sometimes the, the frags will uh, rebound and, and, and color up. It's just amazing to me how resilient, you know, acros can be in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. Like if I if I get totally healthy acro frags, I won't have any problems with them in quarantine. But if they're like, you know any indication that they're a little unhealthy then that's when i'll have my guard up and you know i'll take them out early if i have to so um reef under the roof is asking um best tips for acros and red bugs and nudies yeah i mean the dip thing is just it's just another one of those supplements man they always be making claims about what they can do it's just nuts like you know when you're you know what you know when you go to the doctor if if you have like knee pain, he's not gonna just throw auto automatically throw antibiotics at you because that's what he gives everybody. That's stupid. <laughs> I guess my point is is that um, you know, what you use to dip should be specific to what you're actually treating, right? And so since I'm an acro dude, I also dip my torches and everything in that too. Is I, I use bear. Like I don't, I I I just don't know why people don't use it. Um. For, let's, for it's gonna kill the bugs. It's gonna kill red bugs, and I've never had black bugs to be sure. But it's a if it's a bug, it's probably gonna die from bear. I don't know for sure though. Red bugs definitely would die from bear. So that that's why I use it. And then the other part of the okay, so how about acropora eating flatworms? Well, guess what? Nothing kills acropora eating flatworms. Nothing kills acropora eating eggs. They all just weaken them to where they fall off. Bioadvance bear does the same things like i don't see why you need some fancy aquarium dip when bear does the same thing it's going to weaken afaw you shouldn't you should probably try to cut off you know dead parts of the coral any place that has eggs anyway so yeah 
I don't see any point in using anything else besides bear. Dude, you know, I um, I had been using bear for a long time myself, and uh, Farmer Ty turned me on to potassium chloride as a dip. It's that stuff that you would use for a um, like a water softener, and um, mm -hmm. I bought like this forty pound bag of the stuff for like fifty bucks. It's like a lifetime supply. And um, I got this whole dip set up. Basically, what the way it kills the um, the aquating flatworms is by osmotic uh, osmotic shock. So you know they basically burst. I mean, you could actually see the aquating flatworms like disintegrate if you shoot it with a with a turkey baster. And the great thing about the dip also is that it's clear. You know, so um, you can actually see if you do have something falling off. Whereas the um, the bear, it's it's um, you know that milky white. Um, color so it's just something to think about but um it, it's like to me it's like transformative in terms of dips i see this is where this could be pseudoscience again like causing people to make changes um no you're 100 percent right about bayer um you know being cloudy yeah and it being hard to see the frag like that's but that's that's annoying to me for yeah. sure but that's not it's not a deal breaker um but my oh, question it, it about, works like, it's potent, you know yeah no, but the question about potassium chloride isn't so the way that you explain it. So you know, yeah. So it, what you're you're just making the um, you're just making the salt or the solution more more um, salty, right? Yeah. So the the water moves out of the AFEW. Yep. Because it's going to go, you know, the gradient. Yep. It's osmosis, whatever. Yep. Um, but so how does that not apply to the coral also, right? Because the coral also is used to a specific salinity. I don't know, man. I have not um, – the the last six months that I've been using it, you know, knock on wood, I have not lost any um, frag on that stuff. It seems really gentle. Um, so, yeah, I don't know scientifically, you know, why that's the case. But um, the, the stuff does seem to work and is pretty uh, pretty gentle on the corals. That, see, that's another thing, too, is, like, I hear people and read about people say, oh, bear does this and does that. It's like, man, I'm fine with bear. It doesn't do, it doesn't do anything. I don't have any problems with it. I dip softies. I dip torches in it. I dip I dip my acros in it. But part of the when I told somebody I dip, dip my torches in bear is because I don't really care about the torch that much. <laughs> I'm just trying to prevent acropora pests from getting into my system. Yeah, so, exactly. So everything gets the everything gets the acro treatment. <laughs> um, yeah, we're getting some comments about uh, Lauren's bear is more easy on the acros. KCL can be hard in finicker acro. I can't even like talk tonight here. Um, uh, Reef girl, potassium chloride works. I use it on coral when it comes out of the frag tank. Um, and reef keeper Meliflix also seems to melt or have um, aquarine flatworms fall right off. Abe, have you thoughts thoughts on um, using Meliflix as a uh, as a dip? Have you done that? If it, um, I I did try it on a torch that was dying on me. No, but I haven't tried it on acros. But I mean, if it works, then it works. Bears cheaper, but do what you want. Yeah, I. Oh no, but then, but then you said calcium chloride's cheap too. I mean, potassium it, it is. It's like you could buy like a lifetime supply for like fifty bucks or something like that. So it is, um, it's definitely cheaper. I, I, you know, the problem with the with the bear for me is um, being here in Vermont. I couldn't like get it in the mail. So oh. for some reason that um, you know they, um, it was not um, something that I could order on the internet. And I think like even all the Home Depots and the Lowe's and and whatnot don't even have that um, stuff anymore. So um, for me, it got hard to find. 
I still have some. Gotcha. I'm still like, you know, just in case I still have some. Yeah, I mean, definitely use whatever you have access to. But to think that, well, we'll see where the uh, potassium chloride ends up. But if it works for you, I mean, they all probably do the same thing. You know what I mean? But I really do have confidence in Bayer in killing bugs, the red bugs. They just won't survive that. I mean, can you say that Melifix is going to kill red yeah, bugs? I don't know. Can you can you say that potassium chloride is going to kill red bugs? I, I don't you know. know, the other thing you got to be, I guess, concerned about is the other type of bugs that you got out there, like, um, you know, black bugs. I've heard of uh, white bugs. I don't, I don't know how you can see white bugs, but apparently there's white bugs out there. And, and um, you know, so I guess uh, Interceptor is uh, is something that could, if, if the uh, if the other types of bugs get by the uh, the bear, then the interceptor is something that um, you know can be done to kind of get rid of the the other the other bugs. Um, Definitely. Um, so you uh, you you mentioned to you know you mentioned before about um, you know high growth rates and all that stuff and you know I've had some really super growth rates on the um, on, on on the uh, peninsula tank under the uh, the mitras, but let's let's talk about um, you know kind of like what we think are real keys to successful you know. Being able to successfully grow acros at a uh, at a decent clip. I mean, it's not like a race. You know, certain acros are going to grow much faster than other acros. I mean, yeah, in in sure. the tank, I've I've, I've um, had a whole bunch of acros that have really grown a lot over a very short period of time. And I I do think that um, you know lighting is certainly important and flow, but I I also think having an elevated pH definitely um, helps. What um, what what uh, do you do you uh, have any other um, you know things that you think are important for that? I definitely wouldn't call myself like the fastest acro grower, um, and I'm going by like you know what I see online. I guess I have I had a friend who had an aquarium and his stuff seemed to grow fast too. Um, yeah, so I'm definitely not like yeah. So just keep that in mind. And I but see, I guess. So me evaluating your three and a half month growth picks. Thank you for making me feel inadequate. <laughs> but uh, no, but seriously, though, just looking at your coral. If I'm going to be honest, I, I wouldn't say. I would guess. I would guess that your good growth is not from the lighting. I would say that your good growth is from nutrients. Because I just look at the surrounding rocks and I see the bubble algae and I see that dude, stuff. Dude, you know. I'm sorry, dude, I'm you not, know. I'm not calling you out, dude. Dude, dude you know what my phosphates in that tank are right now. What's that? Like zero. No, we'll yeah, get into that yeah. too. But um, yeah, I mean, you're the bio. You called it biofilm on one video. You just have a lot of stuff on your rocks, and I'm not saying that's bad, but that to me is the clue that like this dude has a shitload of nutrients in yeah. his tank, and it, and it has to do with um probably has to do with all that bacteria bacteria that you're dosing, um, but honestly, I don't um. I guess I guess I I'll, I'll answer that question about like how your phosphates are zero. Like, your phosphates are zero because all that biofilm and all Eating that stuff is consuming yeah. it, bro. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You have a shitload of nutrients in there, bro, and that's why I think, and that's why I think you're getting good growth. It's not necessarily the lights. You do have good um, light spread over that tank because you have so many yeah. of those mitras. But um, at the same time, it's like I think most people who have that good light spread. And that amount of nutrients will grow acros that fast. I don't know. That's just my assessment of it. I don't think it's the lights necessarily. Yeah, remind us again in terms of where you're uh, you're keeping your key parameters at. I mean, you you kind of like run ultra low nutrient systems too, right? Yeah, but um, so all right, so 
I don't I don't have I don't own a test kit anymore for nutrients because I think they're shitty. <laughs> but um yeah, they, I mean the 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 Hanna ones are good for about a year and then they go to shit. But the th- sorry. Sorry, Hannah. <laughs> no, but um no, speaking I'm not saying that because of like I just bought one. It's like I have mo- owned multiple Hannahs. Like I own the Hannahs when they're those big ass um I don't know, I'm sure they you weren't remember. Like little eggs. They were like Yeah, like in 2009 like that's that's the funny thing is people are like oh reef tanks back then you know the old school reef tanks when I talk about them, I was like oh they they their nutrients were low because these test kits were shitty that's not actually true because they had those electronic testers back you know at least in the late two thousands they're just the biggest kind and they were like hundred seventy bucks but anyway so I had electronic testers going back to then and I and I realized like after a year. Because even having the the little egg ones too is like, dude, why am I keep getting mm-hmm. zero? These my phosphates aren't zero. This is wrong. But so I stopped wasting my money on those things, and I just test my nutrients with my ICP test. But anyway, sorry, I get um I see. Well, lately I've been doing an ICP test every month. Oh wow! And yeah, and for my my one hundred twenty, the last two times, well, I'll tell you the last time, my nitrates were zero point zero zero. And my phosphates for zero point zero one. This is ICP. Yeah. Wow. And um, are you dosing any uh, nitrates and phosphates, or are you just feeding more to like try to like keep things um, semi elevated? Yeah, I, yeah uh, I just I just feed you know I just feed more or less depending on how the corals look. But lately they've been looking a little light, so I stepped up to feeding. Uh, you know, but you know, as I try to say in my videos, you know, the nutrient level in your tank is just, is not very, uh, does, isn't really telling of how much nutrition your corals are getting, right? It's like, it's like you walking into my house, opening up the fridge and seeing like all beer. You, you like, it's like you making assessment I, I got a, on my health. I got a fridge like that. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. No, but you know what I mean? It's like you making an assessment on my health by looking at my refrigerator. That's 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 equivalent to you like looking at your nutrient levels and be like, oh, this is how much my corals are getting. No, that's not right. That's too superficial. This is a very this is a very complicated hobby. There's like a lot of things that are playing with each other, you know, interplay playing with each other. You know, <laughs> we got the point. We know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like um, nutrient, you know, there's a relationship between nutrients and how much par you can give corals likely, right? There's also probably alkalinity and par correlations. Everything's all intermingling. And for someone, and, and I think I think that's one of the mistakes that you can do as a new reefer is like, oh, no, my nutrients got to be this. They got to be elevated. Yeah, don't chase those like, things. Look, man. Yeah, it's like, look, man. I mean, and I do realize that it takes time to uh, develop the eye, but you know, your coral—the way your corals look—is a better indicator of uh, the nutrients or the nutrition they're getting. But yeah, yeah, we're getting a lot of <clears throat> getting a lot of comments about um, uh, pH. Uh, Sammy thirty one D eight forty eight two for me on just BRS soda ash. Um, <clears throat> Tracy uh, Spellberg. My pH swings between eight three and eight five, and the growth is amazing. Yeah, that, I mean that's that's my uh, range in the Peninsula tank where I'm getting all that crazy growth. Is like my pH is basically averaging eight point four, and you know I get like a low of eight three and a, and a high of um, eight five. And I think somebody um, made a comment uh, in the chat here about my air exchange unit. That is definitely definitely something that's been uh, been helping me in terms of keeping the elevated pH. Um, so you're using a um, you're using calcium reactor, right? 
No, no, I'm actually using um. Oh, you're using two part. I'm using. Yeah, I'm using Randy's two part. Oh, why not? Hmm. This is um. I thought you were using a calcium reactor. You know, at a time I had a calcium reactor on there, but I didn't like how it was dragging down my pH, and also I didn't like that I still had to dose alk. On top of that, yeah. I was like, dude, this is stupid. I might as well just go back to two part. Um, but you know, people don't really, you know. In order to like solve problems or learn something new, sometimes you have to ask the right question, right? You got to ask the right question to get the answer you're looking for. Sounds obvious, but anyway, something that no nobody really asked me is like, why do Abe? Hey, why do you run two part? Nobody ever asked me that. It's like I could run a calcium reactor if I wanted to, but the reason why is because it it increases my pH. The elk that I use is soda ash. And that brings my pH up. You know, they're like nowadays everybody's talking about calc. Oh, chase, chase pH. Don't chase elk levels. It's like it sounds so catchy. It's like such a buzzword. <laughs> but it's like, dude, like, where were you, where have you been the last, you know, whatever? We've long known that pH is important. Um I, I don't, but that's why I use two part, is because I like using the soda ash and it bumps up my pH a lot. Yeah. And and, and I think that's and I think that uh overrides the so-called trace elements that you get out of a calcium reactor. Um, I do think calcium reactors are overrated like a mofo because <laughs> it's, fun, it's funny though, because like I see like these, you know, these people with it starting to set up a reef tank, like especially on reef to reef, they got all this sick ass equipment and, and, and they don't even have corals in their tank yet, and they already have their calcium reactor up and running. I'm just like, dude, what is, it's so overrated. But I, the one thing I wanted to say about calcium reactors is like people like assume that it's giving you trace elements too at the same it's time. Not, and I'm yeah. not going to, yeah, I'm not going to lie. It's probably giving you some, but at the same, it's only giving you the trace elements that are integrated in that calcium carbonate skeleton, right? It's not going to, because trace elements are also needed for like biological reactions, yeah. right? As like catalysts and all that stuff. So just don't think that um, the calcium reactors, your your end-all trace element solution, they're just overrated. I highly recommend that people use Kalkwasser at first and then try two-part because of the pH benefit. So how much two-part are you dosing on your systems every day? It's kind of hard to, uh, for elk, I dose about. 500 mils oh wow i think it's a lot yeah it's a lot um but then again the concentration might be different than the other brands i use i use randy's two-part randy holmes farley's recipe so that's um, like yeah, yeah it's th a that's like a homemade thing that you're doing there so you're saving some money you're not like using a um a commercial two-part uh, type of uh no yeah i was using like nope. the um esv two-part and i was i was dosing like 300 mls a day on uh, one of my system, you know, my established system, and uh, it was just costing me an arm and a leg. You know, I did like it because of the uh, the elevated pH, but um, you know, I just uh, I switched over to a calcium reactor on both systems. Well, I switched over to a calcium reactor on that system, and just did you know a couple of things to keep the uh, you know, the pH from being depressed. And then on the uh, the new system that I started like a year and a half ago, I uh, I started that with a calcium reactor. But I I do um, basically. Um, uh, dose cockwasser to replace whatever is evaporating to um, to make sure that I, uh, you know, keep the pH uh, elevated. So I think that's definitely uh, been helping. I also um, drip the effluent into the uh, skimmer pump to help, you know, degas the uh, the CO2 that way. So that's definitely, you know, helpful. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so we're getting a lot of comments and, and uh, praise for you there, uh, Abe, on the uh, on the chat. I can't uh, keep up with it all. There's just so many uh, positive points about uh, your uh, 
your YouTube channel. And I think people uh, would, would certainly love to see you do more videos. But man, it's a lot of freaking work to do videos, isn't it? I mean, it's a lot of work, you know, and you put a lot of uh, hard, hard, uh, you know, you think a lot about your videos and, and um, yeah, they're very well thought out. So it's good stuff, but Thank you. you know, I think just, uh, you know, frequency might not necessarily be, um, you know, the, the, always the right way to go. Who, who knows how to be successful at YouTube, right? It's all just, sometimes you get lucky with the algorithm or like, who knows, but it's really unfortunate that our little niche isn't as popular as like some other yeah, stuff right? out there. So, um, question yeah. from, um, Christian uh, Rios, uh, Abe, what's your method of offsetting the salinity increases with that amount of dosing in terms of the randies? Uh, so w w when when that does happen, I usually just take out water, you know, literally just take out a water and let the, you know, top off, fill it up with the RO. But I actually, it's so weird that um, out of the blue, maybe like six months ago, I started realizing that my salinity has been dropping and I'm like looking all over, but it was both tanks, both systems. And I'm like, looking, is there a leak somewhere or am I overly skimming? And that wasn't the case. So I've actually, I'm actually technically balling now because in my 140 gallon, I dose straight up Red Sea Coral Pro into that tank just to keep up the salinity. Yeah. I don't know where this salt is going, bro. <laughs> but um, so I dose like 350 mils of Red Sea Coral Pro, you know, normal 1.025 specific gravity into the 140 gallon daily just to keep the salinity up. I don't know where it's going. But in the 120, which is the frag, you know, where I sell frags from, you know, I'm constantly taking water out to sell, to, to ship frags. So I, I just make adjustments then. Um, so... How how much of a difference do you think salt does make in terms of keeping a successful reef tank? Oh, it's, 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 I was talking about like asking the right question and people don't ask me the right questions. That's the one question that uh, people don't ask me is like, because I use Red Sea Coral Pro, right? And usually the response these days is like, oh, it doesn't mix clean or the elk is too high. I like to keep my elk at eight. People like go crazy about that stuff. And I'm not saying that Red Sea Coral Pro is the only salt that's, awesome like i don't care about it mixing clean and i guess i have so many acros that i don't mind too much that my it, it bumps up my alkalinity a little bit um but the reason i use I, the reason i use red sea coral pro and the reason and the salt and what i think is important in a salt are the trace elements especially potassium so i i've always had success with um reef crystals but i went away from it because the potassium is low i do think I mean, not that I have great proof, but I do want to use a, a salt that's high in potassium because I don't want to dose it. Um, yeah. So are you um, basically monitoring the potassium through your ICP test or are you using um, the hobby-grade kit to uh, to do that? ICP. ICP. But it, yeah, but it's like when I get my ICP back, all those elements are low. Barium, strontium, it's like everything is low. But the potassium's right on. What do you like <laughs> to keep your potassium at? whatever natural seawater i guess it's like 389 or something close to 400 yeah. Yeah. um andre faria if i'm pronouncing that correctly thank you so much for the uh super chat the comment is and thank you keith the exchange rate isn't great so sorry for that <laughs> that's still good that's still uh, yeah good. yeah listen man i really appreciate the uh the um the contribution thank you very much um Reef under the roof. Do you guys have any tips for a nice polyp extension? I said this on last live stream, but Keith has a nice polyp extension oh, yeah, video. Yeah, yeah. 
that you should you should search for. But um, yeah, I mean, random flow is totally awesome for um, polyp extension. It, even better if you can make it coming from different directions. Yeah. But yeah, for sure. Um, somebody asked this question earlier in the chat, uh, Abe, but I didn't ask it. But uh, I'll ask it to you now. What what's kind of like your daily uh, routine in terms of your tanks? Do you have a um, kind of a, a little? Oh my god, dude. yeah. <laughs> like I have so like I like I'm not exaggerating. Like from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to sleep, it's something reef related. <laughs> um, but usually, like for the first couple hours in the morning, you know, I mean, it's mixed in with like eating breakfast and making coffee. But I don't know, man. There's just so much. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not one thing, it's another, right? Yeah, it's like I gotta change the filter socket. I gotta make new two part solution. You know, first thing I do in the morning is inspect the frag tank to make sure no frags got bumped and are touching each other because that's a nightmare. Like, there's nothing worse than having to send out an order that day, but they're like touching each other and they're dying because they're touching. So yeah, that's, that's horrible. Yeah, um, it's just it's just all the boring stuff that you have to do. I don't even know it's worth talking. But the rest of the time is usually stuff like um, you know thinking of what video to make, writing a script for a video. I know you, that's hard to believe because I don't put any out. But <laughs> no, but dude, me, man, there, your your videos are very intricate. I mean, like you've got like some animation going on in your videos and all that stuff. I mean, uh, I don't know how you do it, dude, but uh, that's way beyond my uh, realm of expertise in terms of putting videos out. I just kind of like uh, you know, we'll we'll try to like shoot from the hip sometimes or script something, but yeah. There, there are benefits to both ways. Sometimes you just have to shoot from the hip and things will come up along the way. But yeah, I do have a problem with being too much of a perfectionist, I guess. But All right, dude, let's let's talk about corals, you know, like specific corals. Now, you and I like had uh, exchanged some corals uh, a while ago. Like uh, you, uh, you picked up some pieces from me. I picked up some pieces from you. I'm picking up some more pieces from you. Uh, um this this Appreciate week it. yeah so um i got um what did i get from you i got this um the aqua sd rainbow millie which i love i had this um uh colony in my 187 gallon tank and it just uh it crapped out on me a few years ago so i got a frag from you and i put it in the uh, peninsula tank you know and it and it's um it's it's weird because it um it seems like the tips on the uh on the aqua sd rainbow millie are uh, you know getting good growth on them, good polyp extension, but kind of like near the base of the uh, of the frag, and it's one of the frags that hasn't really grown that much for me in the uh, in the tank. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's kind of pale, and, and I, w I don't want to say kind of bleach, but you know, it's not doing as well as I like. Any uh, any tips on the Aqua Aqua SD Rainbow uh, Millie? Does that um, like a lot of light? Do you not um, blast it? Wait, wait, say, say it again. The tips, so the tips look tips good. Tips look good. Tips like got crap. good color, good polyp extension on the tips, but then kind of like the base of the frag is, um, you know, kind of like um, not bleached out, but it's just like loss of color. So it's it, it, it seems to me like it's probably getting too much light, and it's probably getting like 400 par or something like that. I don't I mean, know. I don't think it needs that much power. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's kind of hard for me to say. Yeah. Um, it's probably getting. Yeah, you have a lot of flow in that tank. Yeah. So it's. it's Might, I don't know. See it. Maybe it doesn't like all those nutrients. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's like something. Maybe, that, maybe that, I have to move it around. I don't have the same uh, system you have set up there, where it's easy to move. Uh, you know, one piece from one part of the tank to another. So. Yeah. Um. What else? I've got the um, the vivid confetti you sent me has really grown okay. and encrusted very well. And it's got some uh, good um, good color. 
the um, the refrapped uh, firecracker that has not grown for me at all. It's got good color, but it's like just okay. sitting there. And um, it- yeah, talk about that coral. Well, I, I do have mine at lowish par. It's probably only getting like 290 ish uh, really? par. Yeah, uh, I don't think it needs that much. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think you're really speaking to um, how you can't make every coral happy. You have that phenomenal growth on those other pieces, but then you have pieces that aren't. I'm trying. To, I'm trying to get some tips but, from you, man. You know, I was like, all right, let me uh, let me see if I can get gather some intelligence from the. Uh, yeah, but it could also be where they came from. You know, I do. I guess I keep a lower nutrient tank level tank, and maybe they're just used to that. And maybe it's going to just take some time to adjust to your system. It's it's just hard to say. But so you got the um, you got the Crayola planner for me, and and you you mentioned that yeah. one is doing well. You like that frag, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just purple and green, but it's like so. I mean, I have it under T fives and LEDs, but it's, I love the purple. It's very vibrant. It's just a nice looking piece. I get excited about that kind of stuff. Yeah, and it's a classic yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like a thirty dollar frag, but I'm like, oh, this is cool. Did um did you get the uh the blue boy table frag from me? I did. Yeah. That actually that one had a rough time in um quarantine, no. but it thank God it didn't die. But it's actually colored up well for me now, but it hasn't been growing. But I'm a, it's fine. Maybe I need to move it, but I'll just leave it there that, for a while. But the polyps are out, color's good. That one tends I'll to like um, encrust a lot before it starts kind of sprouting out. Um, but um, now, what about the uh, the Tyree Ice Fire Canada? Did um, was that a piece you got for me? Because you mentioned you haven't had a lot of luck with that. I one. did. Yeah, this is my third one, but that one is actually alive and actually looking good. It actually died a little bit at the base. Oh no! But then it, I didn't. I, I didn't do anything, and it just turned around. Now it's encrusting back down. So happy about that, man. Those echinadas are a beast for yeah, me. Yeah, you know, and it and it and and mine doesn't really. Um, I don't, you know, I don't blast it with light. It's kind of like in the bottom third of both of my tanks. I, I put a um, another frag in in my um, my peninsula tank as like a backup to the uh, to the other you know colony that I have in the other system. Um, yeah. What can I ask you yeah, something? Yeah, go for it. So about that three and a half month growth, yeah, it's still stuck in my head. <laughs> um, like, I mean, what do you what do you think it's from? You 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 think it's the lights or the light spectrum or what is your best um, guess on that? I think pH has got a lot to do with it because I think you know the like I mentioned the average pH in that tank is like eight four, so like the low is eight three and the high is usually like eight five. So I definitely think that um, pH is a big part of that. And yeah, I okay. think the Mitras are um, definitely helping. I've, I've got six Mitras over that tank, so I've got great coverage. And um, but the spectrum that I'm using is mimicking 400 watt 20k halides. So I was able to kind of like bring in my um, you know my favorite kind of lighting to the uh, to the LEDs by. And I don't know if you know um, Telegram on um, mm-hmm. on YouTube and Instagram, but he he was the one that um, mm-hmm. did the spectral um, plot for me and. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I uh, I basically program that in and um yeah, cuz I don't I don't like the blue light and it's and it's um you know, initially when I um when I set that up in terms of that spectrum with the LEDs and I didn't have any corals in the tank, I was like, "Man, that's like freaking blue." I was like, "Man, I I don't know if I can get used to that even like with the spectrum that's mimicking the 400 watt 20k um, you know, halides because I was like looking across mm-hmm. the room to the other tank that um had you know, that has two 400 watt 20 K radiums on it, which is like, and, and, and it made those lights look like they were yellow. 
<laughs> but now that I've got a lot of corals in the um, in the tank with the Mitras, it doesn't look that blue to me. It, it actually looks more full spectrum and, and pretty similar to the um, to the halide you know lit tank across the room. So with that growth in that tank, is that changing the way you do things in the 187 gallon? Have you considered that or? Oh, in terms of using uh, Mitras on the uh, on that uh, on that system. But also in like bacteria, do you bacteria yeah, dose in the I, 187? I do, I do the oh, exact do. same things on both both systems. The only difference between the two systems is the lighting. So I've got LEDs on the okay. peninsula tank, and I've got the uh, halides and T5s on the other tank. And um, yeah, the PAR is much lower on the uh, on the halides in the T5 tank versus the um, the LED uh, lit tank. But uh, yeah, I'm dosing. I'm, I'm using calcium reactors in both systems. I'm dosing Kalkwasser in both systems. I'm dosing bacteria. On both systems, I'm not using. Sorry, man, I'm not using your bucket fuge anymore. I uh, I ditched the uh, I ditched the bucket fuge. Are you uh, still using that? I do. Um, there there are definitely, especially lately, there are times when I think like, do I really need this? Is it you know competing for the coral, out competing or competing with the corals for nutrients, blah blah, trace elements, blah blah blah. So I'm kind of on the verge of experimenting with taking it off. Um, Dose we'll bacteria, that. dude. That's that's what I did. As soon as I started dosing bacteria, I yeah. got offline on the Kato, and uh, it was much less of a hassle. I couldn't perfect the bucket fuge type of deal that you had going because I had, I had all the uh, the Kato was like clogging into the uh, the drain going into to the uh, bucket uh. fuge. I don't know. It was um, and I, I every now and then my my Kato would also crash, but you never had that problem, right? No, because, I mean, the Kato, for the most part, sinks and my Kato. I mean, my Kato doesn't grow sometimes, but it definitely doesn't crash. So I guess we didn't have the same problems. Yeah. But, yeah, the whole bacteria thing is just like, see, first of all, I just want to say, like, for you, since you get great results with it, have at it. But I'm just having trouble, like, with that stuff making sense in my head. <laughs> Even, I think his name was Eli, the guy who yeah, tests yeah, bacteria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's even saying like that shit doesn't live in your system, <laughs> right? He said that on a, he said that on your live stream. He said that on Devin's Reef Dude's live stream. So I don't know. It just seems like well, on one hand it sounds like pseudoscience to me, but on the other hand, if it's giving you the results right. that you want, then right? I can't. You can't. Argue I can't. With that. You know, I think there's a lot of theories out there, and I think there needs to be more scientific um, proof that the um, that actually is working. You know, I've talked about. Um, the fact that, you know, is the equipment that we have today, the skimmers, the filtration systems, are, are they just so much more powerful today than they were in years past that they're just pulling out uh, beneficial bacteria? You know, is that the case? Do you need to re-supply um, that beneficial bacteria to the, uh, to the tank? You know, do you have um, RTN, STN events that um, potentially can be avoided if you're constantly dosing this uh, beneficial bacteria. I don't know. I don't know if anybody can really prove has proven that yet. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm more on the sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Now I was gonna say like um, I'm more on the side of like Sanjay, like more skeptical. Yeah. I I don't know, man. Like everybody, like bacteria is like the big thing now. Everybody's talking about bacteria, like buzzwords. Buzzword. Here's here are the buzzwords. It's <laughs> Chase, chase pH, not elk, bacteria, biodiversity. Like, how come we're not talking about reefroids anymore? How come we're not talking about, like, this Triton method? That was just, like, a couple years ago. Now it seems like it's just it's just so trendy, bro. Like, <laughs> like Kalkwasser went in and out 
is fast faster than like bell bottoms because I guess bell bottoms are coming back in. Are they? It's like, dude, it's like, dude, <laughs> now Calquazer just went in and out just like, or it's in now, but it's like crazy, man. Yeah. I, I listen, you know, it's there, there are so many different ways to run a reef tank. And if you're successful doing what you're doing, then yeah, don't deviate from it. You know, I mean, is there a lot of, yeah. um, you know, things that you're probably, are, you know, reef keepers are, are putting in their reef tanks, me included that are not necessary. Yeah, probably. Um, but you know, again, the old adage, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I think that, yeah. um, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I, you're totally right. But I guess, I guess I feel the frustration of newcomers to the hobby because there's just so much shit, man. Like, I don't know. Anyway. There's, there's a lot of information out there. There's a lot of, um, there's yeah. a lot of products. There's a lot of different options. Um, so you, you, you kind of, you know, mentioned this, uh, at the beginning that you're an old school reefer and you don't really do much in terms of changing your methods over time, but have you, um, yeah. have, would, would you say in the last uh, couple of years that you have made any, uh, tweaks to your methodology? And oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, finish, go finish. ahead. No, I was going to say I, the, the biggest thing that I tried was, um, the trace element dosing cause I was getting ICP tests and I bought, dude, I have like all these bottles in my cupboard right now that are unused, <laughs> but yeah, I tried dosing all those trace elements. It didn't really, it didn't really work. And I think some negative came out of it too. Like I think some, some corals didn't like it, but it, it could have been that I was like overdosing or maybe I was using a bad one. I just didn't really see the benefit in doing it. So I, I, so I have a cupboard with like hundreds of dollars worth of ATI trace elements. <laughs> um, so besides bacteria dosing, is there anything else you're kicking around in terms of potentially uh, making some changes? Not really. The short answer is no. Um, I always have my ear out though. You know, you got to keep an open mind. So not yet. I haven't really found anything yet. Um, Blue Reef had a question. Does Abe run his skimmer 24-7? No, I'm not. Drum clock is asking if I wear bell bottoms. No, I don't. <laughs> I'm still stuck in the... I just recently started wearing like skinny-ish jeans, so <laughs> it's going to be too quick of a change for me. Um, no, but do, yeah, I do run my skimmer 24-7. Um, yeah. Nutrients is always an interesting topic. <laughs> but heavy in and heavy out is where I like to be. Um. Yeah, folks, keep uh, keep throwing out some questions there. This is uh, this is great. And um, so, dude, what uh, what corals do you uh, not have that you're looking to acquire? What's out there that uh, strikes your fancy? You know what? I started. I bought one Acropora speciosa, and um, yeah, I like it. So it's just like shit, man. I guess I got to get more. But um, <laughs> yeah, that one was like. I bought it locally and he gave me a deal and it was still 500 bucks, Whoa. but <laughs> anyway, I don't, I don't know. I don't know why I said that, but it's nice though, but it's like 500 bucks, bro. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'll take it. <laughs> Sign but, me up. <laughs> no, I, I guess the thing is, so, so like, uh, actually just thinking about this is, um, like I'm at the point in my reefing career cause I'm so salty, you know, but I, I'm, I'm just looking for something different now. Like I'm, not to offend the tenuous lovers out there, but that shit has played out to me, man. There, there's always going to be a different one, especially the red polyp tenuous, man. It's just, they all look the same, bro. I just want something different. So that's, that's kind of, um, where I stand. <laughs> you know, you mentioned, uh, you did a video in terms of, um, 
colors and mixing colors the right way and, and you move some stuff around. Can you uh, talk a little bit about that in terms of kind of like um, a reef tank and the palette of colors on a reef tank and, and uh, why you feel that was something you needed to do? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just, there's just too many red acros out there. Red, pink, that whole shade. Bro, I, I love much, that stuff, man. That's like my favorite. I can't get enough of the red and the pinks. But uh, but, but when me. they're all together, yeah, no, it you're just right. looks like a you're big, right. you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, you're right. And uh, yeah, and then and the funny thing about that is the color that breaks up the reds well is the color that nobody wants greens. So, greens are yeah. great. <laughs> greens and blues. Oh, yeah, I don't know. It's everybody has their own thing. That was just just kind of just my thing. Like I had people like saying it was like your artistic skills are crap. And there's like comments. Oh on really? Like, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, because and I'm I'm cool with that because I have no you know I'm no damn artist. <laughs> I don't think I am, but. uh I, I do think it's nice, though, when there's all these contrasting colors. That's pretty much where that came yeah. from. Uh, Lynn Reef Nerd, thank you so much for the super chat. Thank you for all the great info, guys. Always learn something great from you, Abe. Please make more great videos. Thanks. I'm actually working on one right now, so you'll see it soon or whatever It'll that be means. dropping soon. Yeah. <laughs> um, the hardest part is me figure, is committing to a topic. And I've committed, so you're all you're no, all in on the topic. Be, I'm all in on this topic. It's going to be different, like other ones, and so people are going to be have those because I get some pretty mean comments sometimes. Do you? I, <laughs> I always this, see this always one, this, always see the comments like, "Man, you just like tell it like it is, man. You're truthful, you're honest, and you know." Well, there's always oh, I, haters. I, I, I though. There's always haters. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, I delete the bad. <laughs> That's the beauty of having, you know, that's the beauty of this. I could just delete yeah, the bad ones. There you go. I mean, if it was a bad one with constructive criticism, you know, a legitimate point, then I wouldn't delete it. I'd address it and right. leave it there. But it's the stupid people. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm sorry, but it's, 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 it's what happens when you put yourself out there. People are going to, yeah. you know, say bad stuff about you. That's, so that's anyway, a, I accept that's it. That's the game we're in. Buffalo Sabres 4296. Abe, maybe I missed it, but what's your thoughts on the Reef Moonshiners method? Oh, I mean, how is that any different than tr the Triton method? How is that, you know... I, it's just trace elements, bro. So it's cool. I don't, I don't think it's bad, but is it better than balling? Is it better than Triton? I don't know. It's just it's just another trend. Here's my question: Are we going to be talking about moonshiners in a year from now? Because going by like the trends in reefing, I have this not nothing against moonshiners, but just anything that we're doing today, I have a serious doubt that it's going to be talked about a lot in a year. You know, it's going to go out just like bell bottoms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Moonshiners is coming in with bell bottoms again, and so as bell bottoms go back out, may, not not I'm not trying to go say anything bad about moonshiners, but but you know chasing pH is going to go out with uh, bell bottoms, I guess. <laughs> Josh the box, what do you think about biomedia? Is it needed if live rock is present in the tanks? What do you, what are your thoughts in terms of you had to start up a tank, and um, would you be using biomedia bio, biomedia if you were using dry rock with that startup tank? Nah, I mean. No, I just use I just use live rock, or you know I just use rock, and uh, I you know I, I only think that um, that biomedia became so popular because we started moving more towards like minimalist aquascapes and getting more artsy and stuff like that. But is it necessary if you have a good amount of rock in your tank? No, 
Um, do I think it's important which kind of rock you use? Because, yeah, I mean, I do think it's good to have service area. You know, porosity is good. That just gives you more service area for all that biodiversity buzzword that everybody talks about nowadays. Yeah, you need place for biodiversity to live. But everyone wants to talk about bacteria. It's like, how come nobody's talking about viruses and fungi? And, you know, there's the single-celled organisms. Like, it's not only bacteria. Everyone's talking about bacteria. It's just just crazy buzzwords man buzzwords <laughs> but next year we're going to be dosing viruses in our tank because that's going to maybe, be the hot maybe thing. you could maybe but, you could start that trend yeah i'm serious like <laughs> and then when you think about it it's like here, here's another thing too is like uh it's it, it, it so this hobby is um it's a science as much as it is an art right and uh but and because it's a, a lot of it is a science you would think that the things that advance the hobby are science-based, mm. right? Because it's a science. However, the way that I, I know it sounds like I'm pessimistic <laughs> and negative about it, but um, but the way I see it is that a lot of what um, gets introduced into the hobby and what like sort of catches on as far as like trends, it's like it's not even science-based stuff. So I, I guess that's my question for reefing in general is like, are we going to just let entrepreneurs who are just out to make money advance the hobby? Are we going to actually let scientists advance the hobby and make us better at keeping corals through science? Because there's not a lot of that going on. And, don't, and trust me, I understand. You can't, it's hard for, yeah. um, it's hard to prove stuff, you know, using scientific method. But, but that's why I'm always skeptical of like products especially when they're when their science is like pseudoscience and their lives are all this hand waving it's like dude there's no proof that this shit works man and sorry and I, I i just i just caution the reefing community from um letting entrep letting you know companies with just profits in mind to advance the hobby because that's not advancing that's taking a step back like i always say and i'm old school obviously that the book on keeping um on how to keep acropora was written over 20 years ago bro and that hasn't changed see that's science i mean we're still like i'd said in my fundamentals um acropora fundamentals video it's like we're still essentially doing the same thing we did 20 years ago we're just doing different ways about like it's just like your bacteria dosing um how is that any different from like Zeovit because it's technically a bacteria driven method, right? And you even say yourself, like, I don't need to run a refugium because my bacteria dosing takes care of my nutrients. Like, how is how is that so much different than Zeovit? How is that so yeah. much different from biopellets? It's essentially the same right. thing. See, I, I don't I don't think we're advancing as much as we think we are. We're just finding different ways of do it doing the same thing and companies are profiting from it which is fine i'm not hating on that you gotta you gotta eat too but at the same time just don't think that we're advancing because all this stuff is coming out that's not necessarily true we're still doing the same stuff we we're doing 20 years ago yeah bert Minshew says uh, we need to prove who is the absolute best sps reefer in the hobby and base from there but um i think um mike paletta did some um did some work where he essentially surveyed I think I don't know how many tanks it was, like top top um, SPS keepers, and and try to like mm -hmm. get consensus in terms of the different methods that those top SPS keepers are are utilizing. It uh, it was a, a interesting uh, article. I'm gonna have to go back and um, take a look at it just to kind of see what um, came out of that. But um, I, I remember some of the points in that article. But I think that's kind of like what um, what Bert is talking about. You know, you gotta like just um, you know look at the successful reefers. 
and see if you can kind of see a consensus in terms of the methods that are um, being employed by those successful reapers. But you know, you're totally. you're not gonna like you're not gonna find a complete consensus. I mean, there's just so many different variables in play, and um, you know, you've got pretty strong opinions, right, from one individual yep. to the next. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. Totally agree. But underneath all of that is the fundamentals that hasn't really changed is what I'm arguing. But I but if you would send me that article, I'd like to read it too. Yeah. It sounds like a good yeah. one. Um what else? Um Oh, so Mike Andrews is asking, do you uh manually test or use automated testing like Trident? Do you have uh, an alkalinity monitor or Trident or anything like that? Oh, shoot, my battery died. <laughs> the camera, Hang on, the camera died. <laughs> no, because let me just switch it. I was going to take like two seconds. Yeah. I was prepared for this. Got a little break in the programming, um, folks. I was gonna, I was going to ask you, man. You're running your camera as a video Yeah, camera. it's because uh, I'm trying to make myself look better. Yeah. <laughs> I look, I look slimmer, dude, when I use this lens. No, but she, she what was the question again? <laughs> I completely forgot what I was asking you. Um, what was the, uh, the oh, it was uh, manual. Do you use like an automated alkalinity monitor? Like, um, do you use like a Trident? Oh, no. No? Here's going to be me seemingly like I'm bashing another company. No, I mean, I don't because I think it's more complication than needs to be there. I mean, in theory, it's awesome because you don't really have to do much. But um, look, I'm not. I'm not going after you know Neptune. I I have I have an Apex on all my tanks. But one thing that turned me off about it was when I first got my um, Apex for my 140 gallon, which was set up like two and a half years ago. It's like, dude, I couldn't even um, calibrate the pH and the conductivity yeah. um, probe straight out the box. And it's, I wasn't doing anything wrong. I mean, it's it's pretty simple. I'm not dumb. And um, I just after that, I just lost. Lost a lot of faith in that stuff being accurate. And I'm not the only one because not too many people put a lot of faith in those probes anyway. So after that, I was kind of like, dude, I'm not going to get an Apex. Like, I mean, I'm not going to get a Trident. I can't, it couldn't even calibrate my pH correctly. <laughs> There's no way in hell I'm going to trust it with my alkalinity. Um, but all, so it's also that, and also that I, I don't think that testing manually is a big deal. You know, I do have a, degree in chemistry so tit titrating is like the simplest thing in the world it's like basic chemistry I, I don't think that there's anything more trustworthy than titrating so you're um for alkalinity you're testing how often with a uh hot oh dude i'm pretty bad it's like sometimes every two weeks really for alkalinity <laughs> wow because it doesn't change that much. And when I do adjustments, like I told you, I was dosing 500 mil. I dose about 500 mils. Like, dude, I'm only adjusting like five mils at a time. So I test it's a little off. I'll just bump it up or decrease it by five or 10 mils. So, yeah, it doesn't change that much. Um, any plans in the future to add uh, tanks to the system? What does what the future hold for Coral uh, Euphoria there? Is it going to be expanding? Are you going to be just kind of holding the line there? What do you What do you got? What's your five-year plan there, Abe? Uh officially that's confidential only company officers know the answer that to that question <laughs> um all right i'll tell you i'll tell you but i'll, I'll be very general uh for sure i'm going to continue selling frags for now um but i do want to venture out into other things like uh i do want to invent my own products because cool. i'm not gonna, i'm not going to say specifically but i do think that there are with all the shit that's out there Sorry. <laughs> With all the stuff that's out there, I do think that there's some um, shortcomings. Like, 
like no, I'm just I'm not gonna say I'm I'm not saying I'm gonna do a skimmer, but like for example, I think that all the skimmers there's something wrong or is there something that could be improved with all the skimmers? You know what I mean? There's not like one perfect skimmer for me, but it's not skimmers. It's something else, but you know. But I do want to develop my own products eventually. But I, I That's don't have cool, any. man. Yeah, I don't have any time. Um Reef Lost Way, thank you so much for the super chat. Beer on me, Keith. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I will have that beer on you. Um, Abe, who are some of your awesome. SPS mentors? Well, I mean, it was since I'm like, you know, came from those Reef Central days in the 2000s, like a lot of those um, tank of the month dudes, Reef Bum was one of them. Keith was one of them. They just had a big influence on like how I reef. So it's it's everybody. Sanjay was, there. there's just too many to name, but I remember like Nando from like Italy. He had this crazy yeah. tank. And then uh, there's like Christoph, I think, from um, I like Poland. I mean, dude, it just just go back to all those Reef Central dudes. Um, yeah, those guys had a big influence. I mean, they're really who got me all motivated, just dreaming about having those tanks. What about anybody uh, yeah. locally? Did you have any uh, mentors locally, or was it all just um, you know from the forums uh, or just uh, online? Yeah, it was it was all online. Although I did live in, I, I went to medical school in Richmond. That's where the medical school is, and um, just an awesome place, man. Like the the reefing community is awesome because the city's not that big, and so you actually have club meetings and there was a guy that Vince who had an awesome like 320 gallon I think is what it was but there's some other guys out there who are really nice and gave me frags and just a real group cool group of guys over in Richmond now San Diego we don't have that because it's a lot bigger and really so you don't have a, uh, a real tight-knit uh, local reefing community around in San Diego I would I would assume that man you got like a lot of reef keepers that you could tap into there oh we do but we don't we're not really t I mean you know they were all on the board selling stuff here and there but yeah, we don't um, really meet, unless I'm kept out of the loop. But we don't <laughs> we don't meet up, and there's no like meetings where everybody hangs out and drinks and at somebody's house with a nice tank. Those, that that's kind of nice. At the same time, it's a lot of work for the host. But um, um, so I've seen this question a couple of times. Uh, Jim Carson, question: Abe, electricity change in billing, four p.m. to nine p.m. Will this make you change anything? What's well, so? Oh, no, explain no. that. I don't understand. You guys are getting actually going to be charged more electricity out in California between those hours. Yeah, there's like um, like SDG&E at least they have like these different tiered pricing for the time of the day. Like I think when everybody gets off work after four is like peak time, and that's when they charge a little bit more. So they try to encourage everybody to you know like pre cool the house during the day and then whatever. Um, no, that hasn't changed anything. I still, I still spend a lot on electricity. I'll just tell you my, I have like, um, I think it's like 400 gallons worth of display now. And it, it last bill was like $850. I, um, I, I, so I have about 600 gallons in my, um, I'm like, you know, in the five to $600 range. I had, um, Andrew Sandler on, you know, Andrew Sandler, he had, he has like the uh, 17,000 in-home, um, uh, reef tank. I don't mm -hmm. know if you saw that episode, but um, I believe he said that his monthly electricity bill, $16,000 a month, $17,000 a month for um, yeah. for that system. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So um, so you've got the 120, you've got the 140. What's the uh, the rest of the setup? Did you ever um, get those low boys, man? I'm telling you, those low boys, uh, bad mojo for me leaked on me yeah, did you put one together was, or did you like strip it apart and put it together i didn't show it show them on the videos 
that I just gave to you because uh, I was planning to reveal that kind of stuff later. And plus oh, I'm sorry. Did I like just... Uh... Oh, no, okay. no, no. I mean, I'll tell you what I have. You just don't get to see it. <laughs> no, but attached to the 120, I had set up a 40-gallon breeder as my frag tank, but I got rid of that quickly. As the frag tank, I turned it into a little display. And now I have, so I have the 120, the 40-gallon breeder, and then I have two 50-gallon low boys. But I did re-silicone them, so that, so then they're fine. Because I heard all those horror stories about the low boys leaking. Mm -hmm. But it's like, dude, 159 bucks for that nice dimensions. I mean, it's a little too shallow at 10 inches. I'd rather have it at least 12. Yeah. But um, but that price for a frag tank, if it doesn't leak, is awesome. So. <laughs> yeah, no, I was definitely in panic mode when I saw that freaking thing like uh, starting to leak. I was like, Jesus, that was like the first time I ever had a tank leak on me. And um, so I had another uh, brand new low boy that I just freaking took to the garbage dump. I just tossed it. <laughs> I, I couldn't even I couldn't it's, even it's, give it away. I couldn't like you know. I live in the boondocks here in Vermont. This is not like you know a big aquarium community around where I'm at. And um, I was trying to give it away. I was like, hey, somebody wanted a terrarium or something, you know. I was like, and I couldn't give it away, so I threw it away. Yeah, you must really be in the boondocks. <laughs> <laughs> Rob upstate New York, thank you so much, man, for the super chat. Jay, uh, great chat once again, Keith. I appreciate that. Um, what was I going to ask you? Uh, so, all right, you um, you've got the uh, you got the frag tanks and and um, are, they, are they plumbed into the uh, to the one twenty and the uh, the one forty? How do you have all that stuff set up, or is it like on a separate uh, system? Do you have two systems or three systems? It, it, well, all that stuff is connected to the one twenty. Okay. The one forty is just by itself, but it's kind of weird because you know how I added them after. So it's like the stuff from the one twenty. Half of it drains into the 40, and then that drains into the 50, and then and then that finally drains into the other 50-gallon, and then that finally goes into the sump. So it's kind of like stepwise, which is not really ideal, but it works. Dude, you just super chatted me? Oh, yeah. It's just so easy <laughs> to click, man. There's this little dollar sign. Thanks, dude. You're the first guest that ever like super chatted me while I was, being, uh, while I was interviewing the guest, so that's, like, that's a first. Uh I like to be different. <laughs> um, what do you, uh, let's let's talk more about? Uh, do you have like a few more minutes of chat? I don't want to like. Uh, yeah, yeah, totally. All right. Um, is a is a, What do you, what what are what people what do, dropping off? No, no, is not it? at all. What, uh, what what do you want to say that we haven't talked about? Is there anything on your mind? I think I. I I feel like I went off on a lot of things today. <laughs> um, no, I guess. What do you think are the most more, overrated corals? More, more preaching. Yeah. Um, no, I'm gonna hurt feelings if I answer that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't want to because some of those guys are my friends. Um, you don't have to answer that question. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure that people think that acros are overrated. Right, everyone just has their own taste, but um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not gonna say anymore. I do have a list of things that I think are overrated. But All right, how about say. this question? What do you think are like the most underrated corals out there? Hidden gems, stuff that people don't really I, I, like embrace that they should be embracing. I, just generally speaking, like stuff that has been around for a while is usually underrated. Like if it looks good, like because people are looking after like rare stuff and that makes them worth more, blah, 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 something new. But something like Vivid Rainbow is like, how is that not like a hundred dollar coral? You know what I mean? That has, you don't even need blue lights to make that a rainbow. And then like 
I, I did fill the 120 with some like random LPS for the bottom. And I bought this Fascination Favia for like 25 bucks locally. And I'm like, dude, how is this thing 25 bucks? It has like all these different colors. And I'm just like, dude, people are crazy. But that's obviously been around for a while. But I'm sure people have a Fascination Favia. They're like, oh, yeah, thing's crazy. Do you have one? What? A uh... Fascination Favia? Uh, no, I do not. It's colorful, bro, but it's so know. old. It's I, like twenty bucks. I, you know, I I used to have some favia in um in an old uh, reef tank. Yeah, like a Christmas tree uh, favia. It's really cool, you know. And um, yeah. you know, and and uh, you can put them in a high flow uh, area tank. It doesn't really um you know matter, and it's just super colorful and super hardy. So um, I gotta get some more favia in my uh in my tanks. But I don't know, dude. I got a I got like one. Well, yeah, that 187 gallon tank is so freaking chock full. I'm getting ready to like do the whole complete reboot on the thing, and I'm gonna take it really, oh, I'm gonna yeah. take it really freaking slow. I mean, I got yeah, I would have, I would have done that. I, I got like zoanthids coming out of the wazoo. I mean, I got like um, my tub stiletto montipora is like just like totally taken over the tank. So a uh, couple of thanks to uh, Bruno Bartz for the um, for the super chat as well as Eric uh, Mez um we're gonna get to your questions in a second but um the question i have for you abe are there any corals that you regret yeah. putting in your uh, tanks in terms of growing too fast um, or just um you know encrusting and killing crap yeah kind of like i used to have blue blue clove polyps all over my 120 that was one reason why i broke it down just to get rid of them it, it wasn't terrible but uh i don't know if i regret it but i did that was part of the reason why I rebooted that tank a couple years ago. Um, but, you know, like your problem with those, like that's not a problem with me because I have my re removable coral method. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I generally, you know, you're not going to, you know, that that solves a lot of problems. I can't reef without that. But, uh, yeah, if I don't like a coral, I just take it out now. That's easy for you to say. It's not hard. It's not It's not very easy for me. That's the But that's the beauty of your method. Um, yeah, Great yep. Beard of Reef of St. Paul is saying all we need is like, 10 more, 10 more likes and we hit a hundred likes for this, uh, live stream. I think that could be a record. Um, but Bruno, let's get, let's get to Bruno's, uh, question. Um, and his question I think is for you, um, a best tips for a mixed reef new to SPS. Best tip. Best tip. Like, yeah. What would you say your top tips are for, uh, keeping a mixed reef? Oh, or a oh, oh new, new to SPS. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you have a mixed reef and then you want to get into acro. I I'm assuming acro is not just SPS, yeah. like not Monty's. You mean acros? Um, it's it's just I, I I don't know how to say it except that you just have to you just have to have a tighter control on things. Don't underestimate the importance of flow. Don't underestimate the importance of light spread. Um, and and don't go don't don't be too crazy with your nutrients. Like this whole notion of um, LPS and softies need nutrients. I mean high you know I call them excess nutrient levels. The nutrients that are floating in your water that the test kit actually picks up that's excess you know what i mean that's stuff that's not used but i'm saying don't um you know don't 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 think that they need to be elevated for your lps or softies that's hogwash dude mine i just told you <laughs> mine are like zero and my torches are growing well my softies are growing well just uh just have just have a tight control on that kind of stuff but yeah don't underestimate light spread and flow and Eric's uh, comment is big ups to you both. Thanks for all you do! Exclamation point. Um, uh, question for you: What uh, I, I can't I can't pronounce it. Matteo, is that uh, correct? Uh, Malette, uh, what maintenance do you just hate to do, Abe? 
Oh, I think it's a good question. Um, this is not maintenance, but I hate. This, you're gonna be like, "Oh, this ungrateful fucker." <laughs> but I, I hate. I, 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 I kind of dislike cutting frags for orders. It's like, oh, it's like, oh man, I have to cut some more frags. Um, and part of that reason is because I have actually, I'm actually allergic to reefing. I've developed. Um, I have bad skin to begin with. Like I have psoriasis, but. Um, but yeah, I just break out in a rash now if I just touch salt water. Well, that's like, not that's good, my dude. hands are all messed up. Yeah, yeah. No, but I, you know, I'm okay. I, I wear gloves now. So I went back to wearing gloves. They always get holes in them quick. But I just bought like a bunch of those yellow ones yeah. wholesale. So um, that's the one thing I, I don't look forward to. But everything else is fine. Um, but that, you bring up a good question because I think what a lot of newbies don't realize, and I'm sure Keith, you would agree, is that um, a lot of what you do, this is said many times, so I'm not saying anything new, but, you know, you have to make it easy for yourself to do the maintenance. You know what I mean? You can't have a sump that's all crapped with all this stuff. It's just going to be hard to do maintenance. You're less likely to do it. Yeah, you just got to – and it's not easy to think of this stuff when you're a newbie, but, uh, you know, when people usually upgrade, they usually correct that. They're like, okay, I'm going to leave a lot of space for this and a lot of space for that. But, yeah, just try to make it easy for you. Don't don't cram everything in there. Yeah, you know what? Um, every three months I do like a major cleaning of my return pumps on each system, and I hate that because um, it's – you know, I, I take out the pumps, I disassemble them, I put them in vinegar, soak them in vinegar for like 30 minutes, and then – reassemble and put them back in and it's just like that's like my it's like a big maintenance day for me and i just um i like it on my i have like this little maintenance uh, calendar with like a little checklist and all that stuff and and i like it when i mm -hmm. don't have any x's during that week to do anything major you know other other than like have to do what the normal water changes and stuff like that are you still are you doing like weekly water changes yeah i i try to but usually it takes like you know, I just let the brute trash can sit there for like a couple of days. So it ends up like a week and a half. Um, but I like to mix. I don't know. I think BRS did a video on like the optimal time of, you know, mix time for salts. I didn't even watch it. I mean, oh. I guess my point is that I guess what I'm trying to say is that um, I, I like to mix my stuff for at least two days. Like I'll, I'll let it mix for two days at least. Um. But um, yeah. Uh, Marcos Herrera, Abe is hands down the most knowledgeable reefer I know, and that is a triple exclamation point. <laughs> um, you know, I'm just, yeah, thank you. <laughs> I'm just a reefer, though, and I've been doing it for a while, and I, I think I'm skeptical a lot of things. I don't know. I just try to, I just try to be smart about it, and I try not to be persuaded by all this, all this stuff going around me. And, you know, just try to make stuff, make sense of stuff. Yeah, no, but thank for you. sure. All right, dude. Well, listen, um, I think um, we've, uh, we've, we've um, grabbed your uh, time there for, for long enough. And, and um, I, um, this was an awesome conversation. I really thank everybody that uh, was tuning in and participated in terms of asking questions and dropping comments. You know where to find Abe if you uh, need to, uh, get a question or a consult or whatever, or pick up some frags at uh, coraleuphoria.com. And of course, uh, he's got the YouTube channel and I guess we'll be uh, seeing a video coming out from, uh, from you pretty soon there. Right. Abe? looking forward to that. Uh, anything else you want to, uh, plug? No, uh, no, I don't want to plug anything, but just thank you for, for, for watching and thank you for all the support. And, uh, 
I am a little sorry if I offended people. <laughs> I don't think you really offended anybody. I think it's refreshing. Okay, <laughs> um, all right. Well, listen, that's going to do it for this show. And I want to give my uh, sincere thanks to Abe for, for being on the live stream. And I also want to thank both the bulk resupply and Ecotech Marine for being a sponsor and supporting the show. I also want to thank everybody that tuned in and watched, especially the folks that uh, made the contributions via the uh, the Super Chat. Also a reminder, all episodes of Rap on the Reef Bum are available as podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. The next live stream will be Thursday, April 14th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and uh, this will be an interesting show. I've got um, the Reef Beefers, Ben Johnson, and Rich Ross on, plus Tulio from Reef Bright. So we had the three of them on uh, a while ago, and we're going to get the, uh, that group back together. So it should certainly be another interesting, entertaining show. And um, oh. yeah, if you folks want to check out the full lineup of guests on the uh, Rapid with Reef Bum show, just visit reefbum.com. And thank you, Matt, for that super chat. Appreciate it. Thank you for tonight as a comment. Anyway, folks, until next time, be safe, be well, and we will see you then. Later. <laughs>